Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We wanted to just take a moment before we start uh, to do show notes as usual, but also to let you know that if you're just listening by audio today, our podcast is coming to you from Zoom. So the quality will shift once we actually welcome our guest onto the show. Because we are still in COVID times, uh, Amanda Cooley is going to be with us today via Zoom. So please adjust your volumes for that. Um, as for show notes, though, as usual, we have our evening with medium events still scheduled for 2020. We're just sort of waiting to see as the rest of you are, um, if those are going to fly. So July 24th, August 28th, and December 4th are the slated events. If you held tickets for the April ones, they will be honored at the door for July. If you cannot make the date in July, you have until the end of May. So May 31st to request a refund in full. You just need to email us at in Info at buysarlo.com. Indicate the name that the tickets were reserved under and how many that you would like refunded. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Sips of Sanity is a second podcast series that Kelly and I are passionate about. It's all about spiritual intelligence and emotional intelligence. We give you a toolkit every month. There are five mini shows that run from 10 to 15 minutes. The group of five is presented in the very first week. The very first show is always welcome, is always welcome, is always present. Oh, for the love of Pete. What is it, Karen? What is it actually? (laughs) It's available. Oh, great. Okay. It's always available at bysarlo.com. The remaining four are at patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. And Kelly's going to give you more information about Patreon. Yeah. I also wanted to mention too, because we're on video now and we have been since July, 2019, that the first episode of Sips of Sanity is always available on our YouTube channel. If you want to subscribe there, you can actually watch the first show as well. Um, But as for Patreon, that is our paid membership. It is a tiered program. So there's different tiers that you can opt in and out of depending on the benefits that you're looking for. Sips of Sanity Sanity is in our light roast. That will make more sense to you if you visit and peruse the site. Um, we've titled them just fun coffee coffee titles to go with our shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but we offer a plethora of tools. So sips of sanity, reflective questions, habit trackers, journeying experiences, um, discussions, interviews, all kinds of things, including in our top tier, the red eye category, um, your name gets entered into a monthly draw for a free half hour session, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Karen and I trade off months. Um, so if you do want to look at those, you can head over to patreon.com slash Prices are in US dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. We are hoping that will change at one point and we will certainly excitedly let you know when that happens, but please be aware that they are US dollars. Everything gets charged on the first of the month. And during COVID times, we are still offering if that if you need and want to be a part of Patreon but can't afford it, um, you can let us know and we will uh, waive your fee for the month. We would rather you have access to the content mm-hmm. um, than have to leave if you're already there uh, or feel discouraged from joining altogether. Mm-hmm. And just in regular times as well, Patreon makes it very accessible that if you want to jump around categories from month to month, you can. You can leave for a couple months, come back, uh, go up in categories, go down in categories. It's all based on the kind of experience that you want out of it. So you can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And then last but not least, um, our business is open as usual. Uh, we are still doing sessions all over the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, and Zoom. Uh, also WhatsApp, pardon me. Yeah. So you can book your session no matter where you are in the world. Um, and those sessions are just as efficient and accurate. You don't need to worry about that. And you can record those sessions as well. So you don't need to wait until these uh, crazy times are over. We are here to support you. A lot of people are asking how to pay for a session if you're calling from somewhere else in the world or in our own province or country. Um, you can do an e-transfer. And we also take Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you have questions, just email us at info at com. No matter what that question is, whether it's about something we've discussed or you uh, have certain topics that you'd like to hear on the show, let us know. Ready to get into today's show? I sure am. Okay, we are welcoming senior yoga instructor Amanda Cooley, um, and we hope that you enjoy. Amanda, welcome. Hi, Amanda. We are so happy to have you back. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. It's been a little while. It's awesome to have your face back on the show and for listeners to learn from you again. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, in our introduction, obviously we introduced you as a senior yoga, yoga instructor. Um, now we didn't really express our intention though. Um, and I want that to be clear to listeners and that is, we love the way you educate. So we wanted to bring someone on, uh, who could educate them about, uh, things they can do for themselves to keep their sanity, um, keep Mm -hmm. themselves healthy. And uh, when you and I were discussing the importance of this show and the content that we wanted to bring up, you you mentioned something about like getting um, like befriending their their house. Yeah, oh, and I love how you worded that. That's nice. Yeah. Thank you. I often say like befriend your floor and you know befriend all of the equipment that you use or the yoga props. And now it's it really is about you know doing it at home, like befriending your home and what that looks like and, you know, the different areas of your home that you enjoy. So now I want to be clear too, because part of the intention, this isn't just about having you on to instruct a class. This isn't about, um, as you know, the proper word for it is the asanas or the positions. We're not heavily focusing on that at all. This is about the eight limbs. So the way that you live and that was the importance of having you on the show, we thought, um, so that people could really get either in touch with themselves for the first time or back in touch with themselves or learn a different way to connect to others um, in their home. Or um, how about just understanding more what yoga is? Because I think, well, I know when I first started in yoga, I thought that yoga was just, you're going to stretch me. I had no idea you were going to strengthen me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea you were going to change my range of motion or my flexibility or help my organs. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that it was also breathing and that it was also a way of living a life. When you started yeah. talking about the asanas, I was like, what is that? Right. I didn't even understand it. I just thought it was all stretch. Um, yeah, yoga is not just asana. It is, um, a holistic practice. So you, you live your yoga every day and you, you, my teacher used to say, um, nobody can do your yoga for you. And, um, while I appreciate all the stuff that you just said, Karen, about, you know, 
I'm teaching you how to move your organs and I'm teaching you how to breathe and I'm teaching you how to, um, you know, just move and stretch and strengthen. If, if you didn't show up, it, there would be no practice, right? So it really does take dedication, hence why it's a lifelong practice, because you could get on and let's just focus on asana, but you could get your, get on your mat one day and your body can feel a certain way. And then the next day you can do the exact same pose, but have a completely different experience in it. And I think that that speaks highly uh, about our interactions as well. Right. Um, you know, you can really enjoy somebody's company one day and the next day you could just like not not really, you know, mesh well with them. And, you know, all I love that parallel. Yeah. And all the experiences that we're going through right now too, like it's, we're on high, high uh, stress and anxiety and, and everybody is functioning at a different, in a different way. So, you know, you might, you might think, you know, somebody, and then with this experience, just, it turns them into a different person. So um, yeah, so how to live yoga is, is sort of just being open to um, different pers- perspe- perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like how you said um, that you can go to your mat, do the same pose each day and have different experiences in the very same pose. Because I do think some people might listen to this podcast show and think yoga's boring. Some people think, oh my God, I can't sit still. I can't be alone with my thoughts. I, d- I don't want to sit still. A squirrel, you know, like my personality is just, you know, I'd rather get out and garden. I'd rather get out and be busy. And, and it's like they, they, they don't realize that they could get out and garden and do the very same gardening thing, but do yoga and bring all of the teachings of yoga into the gardening. Oh, I love that. So <clears throat> there's this phrase in yoga, it's called uh, pratyahara. And it, and it basically just means like concentrated focus or direct focus. Um, and essentially that's what anybody is doing when they're gardening. They're so involved in what they're doing that they have no time to think about anything else. Or that's the hope, right? Um, I often think about the musician who is just so involved in the chords that they're playing or trying to take what they hear in their head and, um, you know, bring that out into the world. I think about the artists, the painters, um, anybody who, you know, has that creative brain on any different level, cooks, right? You're trying a new recipe. You are so involved in the task. You are so involved in that concentrated focus, that direct focus, that there's really nothing else that you're thinking of. And um, Mr. Iyengar, BKS Iyengar, he used to call this meditation and action, mm. right? Because you're doing an action, but it literally is meditation because you're so concentrated. I, um, I like want to call that the show. Yeah. yeah. I need help spelling the name though. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah. So absolutely. The gardener can take the, the, the tools of yoga as, you know, the eight limbs of practice into, into their everyday life, into their garden, into their, you know, hand movements and 
um, you know, cultivating growth as well is also something that we do in yoga. Um, and that's, you know, that's such a beautiful thing when you're gardening because you can see it grow. I want to say the same thing to all the accountants that are listening <clears throat> and the lawyers. Yeah. And all of the people in construction and in, you know, at cash registers and retail. Um, I, I want to say to the daycare workers, I want to say it to every single profession because boy, Amanda, do I ever want that quality to be present in my surgeon? Mm-hmm. Like I want my surgeon to be so freaking focused. All he can see or she can see or my whatever organ or whatever they're doing. Right. So as humans, we can really value that. Oh my God. If I think of a painter painting my bedroom or something, he, she better be focused because I don't want that color on my white ceiling. Right. We want, we want that razor sharp focus and we value it in certain professions. But I think if we truly value our life experience in every single soul, every single human being, then I, I want that for the person who's bringing through my groceries. I want it for each person. I have mm-hmm. less razor sharp focus since your dog entered the background, but and I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cute. there'll be many cameos by Lemmy today. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I really love this concept and I, I don't want to dumb it down by any means, um, but for anyone listening, like be where you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the importance. And I, I think about when I'm just standing in front of another person conversing, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they are hoping for that same energy, yeah. you know, where they're not on their phone or they're not thinking about my phone's vibrating in my pocket. Uh, it's not, you know, Oh, this is, this is exhausting. I need to go make dinner. Like mm-hmm. I just want them to be consumed by the conversation that we're having so that this energetic exchange is valued. Yeah. yeah. And I think 100%. that's, you know, as you're saying, like you're, you're, well, we're concentrated in our homes physically, but are we concentrated on the quality of our interactions, whether it is your task, whether it is your, your physical practice or your um, interpersonal interactions? Yeah. And I want to just touch on a point of what Karen said before about you know people thinking that they they get bored doing yoga and you know um, they would rather be doing something else so I did practice yesterday morning and I very much felt that way so this is what I sort of you know talking about a little bit before too that and this and there's so much high anxiety right now that sometimes it's really hard to to just be. <clears throat> so if if we're struggling with that while on our mats, I'm, and I'm just using my own example yesterday, I'm going to be accepting of what's happening in the moment for me. And I'm going to constantly try to bring myself back. But if I'm having trouble doing that, then it's okay too. So <laughs> this is what I did. I'm laying on my belly and I'm working a little bit of a back, a back bend or a back extension. And I'm just not like, I'm not into it. It feels good. I get that it feels good. I'm totally connected with the feel good, but my mind is just not there and I can't keep bringing it back. So 
I have a stack of magazines beside my yoga mat and they're all yoga magazines. So I literally took the yoga magazines and I, on the front cover of the magazines, I read through like, okay, well, this magazine is about this today. Well, okay, well, I want to, I want to read about that. I want to know about that. So I open it up to the page. I sit in my posture or I, I'm still in my posture, but yet I'm, I'm flipping through a magazine and getting some really good tidbits and tools for my yoga practice. So that's just another way that you can sort of quote unquote do your yoga, right? So I think that's super cool for, I'll just kind of bring it back to the gardener, right? The gardener is not really wanting, it's a crappy day out, it's raining, you don't really want to be outside, but you know that you have to cultivate. So what do you do? Well, you Pinterest. Okay, how can I set up my garden bed? Um, you pull out a Google uh, article on like how, how to set up your garden appropriately so that other vegetables or other flowers aren't taking over. That's still part of your, your holistic practice as a gardener, right? And, and I think that, that, that there's something to be said about every aspect of like the artist and the musician and the construction workers or the engineers or whatever because there are other ways to do and be present with what it is that they do without actually physically having to create the product. Yeah, there's different ways to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Different ways to show up. I think of um, listening to podcast shows when doing yoga or listening to music and purposefully enjoying that I'm going to choose music. So I know at the beginning when I was doing yoga with you, um, I was picking very peaceful music thinking that that was the only thing I could listen to because it was yoga. And, and I don't even know where that thought came from. Maybe TV. I'm, I'm not certain, but it was all this, you know, um, I'll say a certain type of music, a certain genre. And then I remember one day thinking, I I don't feel that. That's not my mood. Um, I really want to hear earth, wind, and fire. And trying to do my practice to earth, wind, and fire, and it was like, oh, my God. I so enjoyed it on a completely different level because I stepped outside of one idea and tried something else. Like you're saying, try something else. And I think for for most people – that if you're going to practice yoga your whole life, it's important to know that. Or we can get stuck in one particular way of doing it and not experience it and experience our own bodies in different ways. Yeah. Or, uh, um, or if you're not trying something new, then you just mm-hmm. become bored and complacent with it. So you think that you don't like it anymore. Right. You've, but you're not. Yeah. So you're not really exploring the different ways to do it. Um, So it's funny because you guys often refer to this and I really enjoy it. And it's something that I think about constantly, but um, enjoying your human experience, right? Like we're all humans and we're all like living this experience and we're living this life together. But, you know, what does that look like for each individual? And 
um, yeah, sometimes, I mean, I listen to like Led Zeppelin doing yoga or, you know, prior to obviously the, the circumstances now when like the hockey games were playing or the basketball games were playing, we have a small house here and there's not a lot of space to get away. But if I want to do a practice on the floor, if I want to roll around on the floor and stretch because my hips bothering me, I set up in front of the TV. So I've got my partner on the couch watching, you know, the the game or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm in front of the TV and I'm just in my own little mind in my own little zone right so yeah you know you have to you have to be a human and you have to be able to enjoy what it is that you're doing and and if you're not then how can you shift that um, and change your mindset you guys talk a lot about mindset so how do you shift your mindset and bring like fresh energy back to you know what it is that you do well I think when you're talking about um, that your partner could be sitting right behind you and the volume of the tv is loud say you know it's a sport event you want the volume up or you're listening to a concert some things are really much better at a higher volume (laughs) they are right nobody wants to listen to a concert on low yeah then headphones for the person who's doing their practice if that's if that can help them where they're listening to their own music their own choice and letting the people in the room around them if they need silence if they're reading a book or whatever checking in to make sure well my need is yoga my need is to stretch i want to be with you or i've got nowhere else to go so how do i manage to make this as comfortable as possible so that i'm not leaving my practice really before i should or i really need to or want to yeah can i i i want to ask you a couple questions just to direct the session right now um because we've talked about adaptation essentially and as you mentioned uh, in the beginning of the show befriending your house what I'd love to do is kind of take those concepts and also break it down to like the smallest degree to show people that it doesn't need to be where you set aside a chunk of a half an hour or 45 Mm -hmm. minutes to do this practice how can people get in tune with their body and I I hesitate from saying quick because the intention isn't to quicken things But if they have pockets of time of two minutes between meetings or three minutes between, you know, changing over the laundry, like what can they do in their home to befriend it in a short amount of time? Um, So uh, one thing that pops into my mind, and if we're, you know, if we're discussing yoga as like a holistic practice, then I want to talk a little bit about um, the eight limbs of yoga. So um, ahimsa or nonviolence is something that we practice in yoga. Nonviolence to self, nonviolence to others around us, nonviolence to the environment. So, the one thing that literally popped into my brain was, well, okay, why don't you just like get up and give yourself a big hug? I, I love that. And I say that for a couple of reasons. And like, okay, like well, I like it. this so okay. much. But like. Are you fucking kidding me? But seriously, okay. So, wait now. Self a hug. You are doing many yoga things at one time. Okay, you are stretching your shoulders and your shoulder blades. Okay, so that's an asana. That's a movement, 
you're self-loving, okay? So you're bringing non-violence into self. You're creating awareness and um, concentrated focus on the movement that you're doing. And then if you just take a moment and breathe, you're also doing pranayama or breath work, right? Like that's four things at once. And that doesn't even have to, that can be 30 seconds to a minute. That doesn't even have to be, you know, half an hour or an hour of practice. I love that that's how we started. I so want people to email us and say, I caught my husband in the kitchen, my grandma in the corner hugging herself. Or my kid. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the other thing because, because currently in the situation, you know, some of us are really like, you know, there's one, there's one girl that is, you know, um, attending my classes via zoom and she lives alone, mm-hmm. not working. So, you know, how, how are you creating touch? And there's, I mean, the necessity of touch is super important, right? So I think, you know, just giving yourself a nice hug is a way to feel connected. Mm-hmm. And then if you can start to think about the people that you would, you would have hugged or you're getting ready to hug as things shift back to normalcy, you know, embrace that feeling as well of like, oh, I can't wait to hug X person, mm-hmm. right? Like wrap I, your arms around so I'm reading this really great book. It's called Hold Me Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson. And it's all about attachment theories. And there, if, if you've gone through any level of psychology, even just psych 101 in university, most people do, uh, do go through. Um, with attachment theories, there's been studies done on monkeys where when they are young, um, researchers would put a cloth like shape that looked like a monkey in, in their like little cage or their environment. And the monkeys would gravitate towards this cloth monkey as a mother figure for comfort. Mm. And they would also put this wire in that was in the shape, I guess, of, of a monkey as well, but was completely uncomfortable. And the monkeys for sure gravitated towards this, this cloth. Um, Even if they had no actual mother figure, this was just proving the need for touch, the need for um, that kind of stimulation. And so if you are living by yourself, as you've, you know, mentioned with this one person, don't discredit the natural need or attachment to this sensation. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, my mind kind of goes, uh, it kind of goes to, you know, when a puppy is little and they're being crated or they're being crate trained, you know, they often say, if you put a ticking clock inside with the smell of your clothes, you know, that will, will start to represent sort of like that nurturing mother figure and they'll, they'll start to understand that you're you know, you're the mother, you're the father of, of, of them as they're getting integrated into your home. Um, But it also, it serves as a self-soothing technique. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Mm -hmm. I think about, you know, men listening to this right now who might be living alone. And it's like, you know, especially in the Western world, they're taught to be strong and independent and not need these kinds of comforts. And it's just, it's just not true. Fundamentally in our DNA, it's just not true. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I don't know, adaptation and like your surroundings, give yourself a nice big hug and you're doing, you know, 
four, I don't know, maybe all, those are the four that, you know, popped into my brain of, of, you know, what you're doing. So yeah, that's definitely something that you can, um, you can do in between things or, you know, throughout the day, I guess. Can I give an example that I enjoy? Um, I like taking a block and um, stretching out my feet. So I sit on the block. You've taught me this. Um, So you put it like where you're like, so that your bum is sitting on it and your, how do you describe that, Amanda, where you, I don't know how to describe the poses properly. I'm just feet are parallel to the block. Yeah. My feet are flat, flat on the ground with my my toes pointing backwards. I know how Amanda keys. Yeah, keys. toes pointing backwards with the heel pointing towards the ceiling. Got it. Look at you. Yeah. And then as you would say, rolling out, like bringing your knees together, but then letting the muscles fall away, mm-hmm. fall away to the outside so that your your legs are moving to the outside or your muscles are. And I remember for the first several years, you told me to do that. And I did not know what in God's name you were talking about. My muscles were going nowhere. And it took me such a long time. One day where my muscle finally moved and it was like, Oh my God, I know what she means about that. The muscles will fall away. But I bring that up because when I started yoga around 49, 50 years old, that was, you know, five decades of not stretching. So I'm trying to point out for some people that they may get into these yoga poses or doing these things and not feel anything and think, why bother? It doesn't work. It's not doing anything. But it is. It's just that we need for our own muscles and our own memory and our and time to heal us and to allow that to occur. And when I say it took years, I mean it. Like somebody might think, what? But in that pose, I looked at nature. I put those blocks right in front of my window. And each day, I still do it. I did it yesterday. I have my cup of coffee. I eat my supper there sometimes on, the fl- on that floor in front of that window. And I look outside at nature but I choose to do a yoga pose while I'm eating my dinner. I love it. I read my books there. Um, and I do my telephone treatments in those positions so that I'm not sitting at a desk doing them. I choose to take my material and put it on the floor around me, put my headset on and get into some poses and just stay there while I'm working. Yeah. Um, and also too, I, I mean, just, I'm assuming here, Karen, but I, I feel like I have a good understanding of the type of books that you both read. Um, so when you're reading, um, books that, you know, uh, better yourself or tips and tools that you can give your clients for, you know, help and, and health, that is also part of doing your yoga. Right. So if Kelly, if, if we bring it back to the question that Kelly originally asked about adaptation and, you know, your surroundings, um, you know, my partner can be sitting right beside me on the couch and he can be, you know, watching TV or do, doing whatever he, he is doing. And I'm sitting on the couch beside him. I don't really want to 
do yoga. I don't want to do asana. So what do I do? Well, you know, I read a quote and I stop and I reflect on that quote, right? Um, I, I pick up a book and I get so involved in that book, but something that is going to change me uh, fundamentally at my core as a person, right? So fiction is great. I love it. I read it every night before I go to bed, but there is, um, I don't know, I don't want to call them self-help books, but there, there, there are books to change your being, um, to help yourself grow. And when you're reading types of books like that, that's yoga, right? Because essentially yoga is, is meant to connect your, your body, mind, and your spirit. And, um, how else do you do that by learning about self or learning how to change self or learning about habits of self that probably are a bit toxic and you might need to shift. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can sit in asana and you can, you can read those books or you can simply sit on the couch and be lazy and read those books. And you're still doing yoga in a certain, on a certain level. Cool. I wanted to go back to you when you mentioned ahimsa, so nonviolence. And I wanted to bring that back to the way that people move around their home um, from task to task. So like the to from, right? So if you're sitting at your dining room table and you're doing your work because that's your new office space, do you fly up and then you're, you're darting into the kitchen and your movements are sudden and jarring? Um, because that, that is not practicing being where you are. That's not practicing, um, intentional movement, right? And, and in essence, it is quite violent to your own energy to be, uh, moving that, that swiftly or that unintentionally. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Also too, um, I, I would kind of just like, offshoot on that you know you're so involved in a task and then the phone rings right and how that might shift your energy as well so do you and then answer the phone and then put that energy on the person that called you or do you take a moment and you calm and then answer the phone so -hmm. that you're not you know you're not um pushing that energy onto the person that's calling you. Um, I love the fact that you're referring to this as yoga. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. My nose is leaking. Yeah. hundred percent. So I love Kelly that you brought that up. Um, we had a delivery yesterday in the mail. I was in our porch. I didn't even realize that I was um, reading a book and then, <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, you- all I can hear is like the door opening and, and slamming. So, you know, my partner picks up the package and I go inside. Well, what was that? And, uh, like, you know, it was, it was an exciting package, but you know, he's like, got my package. So it was, it was interesting. You know, I went from like jarring, like, what was that? And then I walk into his energy and he's like, I'm so excited. So yeah. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're living with multiple people, again, how are you interacting with each other? So I think that's, yeah, I think. It's interesting though, Amanda, because you, like, I mean, knowing your, your personality, you may have felt jarred and a lot of people's first response or emotional response to being jarred is anger because mm-hmm. it triggers our fear response 
right? Um, and so a lot of people may get up and, and walk towards the partner saying, what was that? And not be able to shift into that person's excitement because their fear got triggered so quickly, so abruptly. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't have the emotional intelligence to understand, oh, I've registered that I'm now safe, then there's no shift right? And so we can still be mad at the person for being excited because that's a really high elevated mm. level of emotion that we're still not ready to be in. Mm. And I, I think it's important that if you're listening, you know, are you one of those people? If you, if you startle quickly, you know, whether you've had trauma, whether it's, you know, physical or mm. emotional, do you get triggered into anger faster or your fight or flight instead of being able to, like you say, calm? and then approach. Oh, I like the fact that you could maybe insert a time out there and maybe you do have that response and then you put yourself into a timeout and go, oh shit, just lost my cool. I need a timeout. Give yourself the timeout, breathe, yoga, do what you need to, pause for a moment, recognize your energy and that you were stimulated, as you said, fight or flight and fear, and then choose what you want choose it. Or as you said, you, you noticed your partners and you noticed what actually was going on and that is reality and then make a choice how you want to respond to it. I also um, think about the parents who are home right now with their children and let's say one partner is still working via conference calls or, you know, things like this. Um, and so for a brief period of time, one, one partner is working and the other is sort of, um, you know, watching the children. And let's say the children are young and, you know, one of them, like, I don't know, gets really excited. Or I'm also thinking if, if you know, that one parent is in a different room and they hear a big bang, right? What energy is happening there with the person working and then the partner who is with the children and how how are you know how are they coping with that right now because as a team I, I, I yeah I hope so and I hope you know I hope that maybe in in all of this you know, and I kind of said at the beginning, like, there's going to be cameos of my dog and, you know, my partner's coming home for lunch. And, you know, there's, there's things that are happening in the background that I really hope that if in this, in this time, if the person that's working and that's on that conference call can just say, I just need a minute to check in and make sure that my family is okay. And like the employer or the other employees that they might be having this conference call with give give them that space in order to do that because it's such a weird time right now and we all like you said Kelly like you want to make sure that everybody feels safe Mm -hmm. well I think too one of the things that we haven't talked about in that example is um, how this is really highlighting whether or not trust exists in relationships because if I'm the one on the call and my children are, you know, making a kaboom noise in the back, I'm evaluating very quickly in my brain as to whether or not I believe my partner can handle that or will handle that. Because those are two separate things. Yeah. 
and, and people that's being put in people's face, you know, and, and someone may be quick to excuse themselves to say, I have to go check on that, even though my partner's the one looking after the children. Yeah, the partner could be in the washroom. Well, yeah, it could be an honest, an honest issue. But again, that's highlighting the, the level of whether or not trust actually exists in the relationship right now, mm-hmm. um, which is important. And I think, you know, hopefully people are really paying attention to that. Also, um, I also want to talk a little bit about like what you said before about how that triggers and it brings up fears and, you know, emotions and stuff. And um, I, I question right now if people are, people are generally feeling anxious because we're so not aware of really what's happening with this virus. Um, So that's triggering so much anxiety, but then in our homes, right, there's this macro global virus. And then in our homes, this micro, um, you know, circumstance and I'm going to bring it right back to like calm and approach. I think Karen is what you said. And I wrote it down because I think that's great. Um, Breath, breath work. Oh, sorry, Kelly, it was you. Breath work is the number one thing that we focus on when we do any type of yoga. Um, And breath really scientifically is proven now. I mean, there's so many studies out there what breath can do you know, 10 slow, steady, calm breaths in and out can focus our brain back to the work that we're doing. If we're feeling tired and lethargic, it stimulates the oxygen in the brain, right? Brain, brain flow. Um, it also allows that nervous system to calm down from that fight or flight response, right? So that jarring, um, feeling that we get or when we're caught off guard or you know it triggers that fear in us you know that sort of that calm that calm and approach so you stop you breathe you you know this is our prana our breath our pranayama and and then you approach the situation um so just that alone um can be your yoga for the day and it can also mean in a very realistic way that you don't create more drama, you don't create more problems than ever needed to be. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when we don't value the breath and we just respond, we hurt people and we destroy or we create problems. Can I go? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm really excited about this because um, this is going to sound really odd, but I wanted to kind of contrast what you guys are saying there is such thing as brain dead and that's a lack of oxygen to the brain. And I think people, you know, maybe don't think of breath in that extreme view. And we, we forget that when we don't breathe, we are shorting the oxygen to the brain and that results in brain dead. And we, we have to consciously give that breath to ourselves to stay alive. The other thing I wanted to bring up is I had just finished the book Blink And there's a really, really cool example in this book where they were doing studies of heart rates in police officers. And they were showing that when you get to a certain threshold of a heart rate that's just way too high, the brain actually goes into extreme focus. But if you are not trained, very, very well trained to focus on the right things, 
Mm. We focus on obscure, obscure details that may be completely irrelevant to the situation and don't actually allow us to cue into the most important things going on. So um, in this study, they were showing that uh, when it comes to being in like a shootout almost, um, when the heart rate gets to a certain point, they're not even seeing facial expressions, which indicates intention. They actually ended up just focusing on a person's shoulder or leg and had no cues to what was going on in the bigger picture. So for bringing that into the home right now, and you are in your fight or flight response, and you're, you're allowing that heart rate to get up to a certain point out of you know, natural anxiousness or being triggered by a partner or a child or the, just the stress from working at home you know, for the first time in your life, technology, um, then you may actually be in an intense focus in the brain, but on something that is not helpful. And then you're bringing that energy to the people in your home. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I flashed to sort of, I flashed to Grey's Anatomy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and just sort of what Karen said about like, I hope that, you know, my surgeon is so concentrated, like focused on the task at hand um, uh, that, you know, they don't have time to think about anything else. And then I, I think about those, you know, scenes in Grey's Anatomy where, you know, they're really showcasing that, you know, there are so many things that they're looking at at one particular, uh, you know, in one particular scene where there's a trauma incident and they have to scan and figure out, okay, this is what I need to deal with right away. Mm-hmm. This of you know this is kind of like secondhand and we can get somebody else to you know and then to, to come in and or I can delegate um and I think yeah I think in in a home situation really being able to sort of um figure out you know okay this is this is what needs to be done right now this is what can wait um and this can be put on the back burner to another day um mm-hmm. and you know most of us I would say you know most of us maybe don't have those coping tools. So it's really nice to, that you guys are offering these shows in order to help mm. people. Thank um, you. Daily lifestyle and how they can kind of shift and change. You guys just described what I feel like when I'm doing yoga. Here, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And then I think I can see myself on my mat where certain muscles are screaming and saying, focus here. And then there are other muscles in my body going, I'm not, I'm not in such a crisis. I'm okay. You, you don't have to focus on me. This right ankle and these toes are okay. Um, but my ass is going, pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My glute yeah. is like, you've been sitting all afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I- uh, that's such a good um, body awareness example. Yeah. Oh, my glute talks to me clearly. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. That's yeah. good. I, it's funny that you word it that way, mom. Like you've, you've given a personality to your muscles. Oh, all I, the time. <laughs> I remember being in your class, you know, one of the first times um, in, in, well, when I moved back to North Bay and you would say, let your muscles talk to you. And I remember thinking like, oh, is this going to be fluff? And then you hear your first muscle actually scream and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they do talk. 
<laughs> hey girl, pay attention. Yeah, she, she meant that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny uh, also right now, um, you know, people are out, they're biking, they're walking, they're walking their dog, they're trying to figure out life at the moment and how to keep themselves busy. So a lot of people are walking more often and they're waking their muscles up that might've been dormant. Um, and they're then starting to unmask pain in their body as well. Um, because maybe they're walking improper, maybe they have old pair of shoes or, um, you know, plethora of reasons at this point. So yeah, certain muscles are just going to be screaming and other mm -hmm. muscles are like, no, this is, this is my strong muscle and I will support you. Like I got you as all these other things wake up. Right. That's cool. Um, oh, I, I, yeah. I really, I really love that. Um, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to add on to what you were saying in that, um, you know, people might be actually like exercising more and waking up these muscles. But I think the other component is working from home in an ergonomically unfriendly environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I know for, for myself, I've been eating a lot of my meals sitting on the floor, crouched in a position that's not, not good for the digestion, right? Um, or if, you know, people are working from a dining room table and their, you know, their hands are higher than they actually should be for, for typing. So mm -hmm. certain muscles are waking up because we are not in work environments that are actually conducive to the work that we're used to doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sure. It's important to to figure out how to adapt to that and uh, and address those issues. So it's really cool because um, there was a local business that saw sort of this this shift, and they moved basically all of their staff members are now working at home, and. Um, they sort of, you know, they reached out to me and they were like, Hey, like, would you, would you do some virtual classes for our staff members at home? Because like Kelly said, like, they're not, I mean, they're not set up ergonomically friendly and, you know, you don't have the opportunity to get up and go to the water cooler or get up and go and get a coffee or, you know, get up and go and talk to your coworkers or, you know, just sort of stand around and chit chat. So they asked if I would do this and I was like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. So for 15 to 20 minutes, twice a week, um, I'm, I'm tapping into their private, virtual program and I'm moving them. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, this is how you stretch your shoulders. This is how you stretch your neck. This is what you can do sitting down at your desk throughout the day. Some simple movements that will, you know, stimulate your brain. It'll move your body and it'll get you functioning um, at a higher level than just sort of sitting and being stagnant at your desk where it's, yeah, it's not friendly it's not body friendly and then muscles scream in a different way when it's not friendly right mm -hmm. I think some people are sitting on a couch with a coffee table in front of them trying yep. to work and they're yeah. they're bent forward and over and in um where the psoas muscles are being and the stomach muscles are being compressed all day long and how they would need to be able to stretch to open the psoas 
so that they, you know, one day just can't get up. Yeah. That because the muscles have seized. Yeah. And I also think that, well, no, flat out, no, we, the, the individuals that were potentially, you know, going to massage or going to Cairo or going to physio prior to this to work through some of that tension and stress and tightness and injuries or whatever was going on in their body, they don't have access to that anymore or currently. So that's a whole different ballgame when now you're sitting at home, you're not set up right. Um, maybe even at work, they weren't set up right mm -hmm. in the first place. So mm -hmm. now it's just inflammation in the body and, you know, really, uh, really struggling for pain management because they don't have access to their health team. I, I want to make a small point here, but I think a good one. Um, I think this is equally as good for children to participate in because for me, some of the things that I think about are when we say to a child, um, where do you hurt? You know, so maybe we weren't there when we saw something occur and they're crying and something is wrong, but we don't know how to address it. We don't know if this is an eMERGE visit, a doctor's call, um, a waited out moment. We just have no idea. And we want to say to this little human being, where do you hurt? And if they have no concept of what a muscle feels like versus a bone, mm -hmm. if they don't know what it feels like for something to be tight versus actually injured, um, or what is a normal stretch versus an injury, then they really don't know how to help us help them. They really have no idea. Now, fast track that. So that somebody listening to this might go, yeah, that makes damn good sense, Karen, you go girl. And it, and we think, yeah, that's right for my three-year-old. Well, and I'm referring to the 80-year-old or the 60-year-old or the 50-year-old or the 30-year-old who's also never done yoga. And we still expect them to know because they're adults, but they've had no skill set and no experience to identify a, a good feeling versus a not good feeling or healthy versus unhealthy. I think that is a great point. Yeah. <laughs> and they still, they're going to go to emerge or call the doctor's office and say, I did this because we end up saying to them what we did because we don't know how to explain to them what it feels like, or yeah. it's such a general feeling it hurts or and what kind of pain what level of pain if you had to rate it from zero to ten they have no idea and my uh, anatomy teacher or my the kinesiologist um, that I work with as far as yoga goes she she often says where the pain is is not the problem mm, right and so if we're three-year-old 80-year-old 60-year-old whatever age we're at if we're saying, oh, I've got, you know, this pain in my elbow, which is like a legit thing for me these days. Oh, I've got this pain in my elbow. Well, that's, that's great. I can show you where it is. I can tell you, oh, on a scale of one to 10 today, you know, it feels like mm -hmm. maybe a seven. It's kind of throbbing. Well, we don't know enough um, because we don't have access to our health team at this point 
that, you know, maybe this is a nerve and it's connected to your neck. And it's repetitive and so injury it's really from your gardening. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's your, it's the, it's your posture, right? I call this like turtle head, right? Where it's, you, you know, you're sticking your chin forward and then you're stressing your neck and that is radiating down into your elbow or into your fingers or, you know, just some different examples. So, um, yeah, I, we don't, we don't have that knowledge. And then when you start, well, a lot of the times I'll ask, okay, well, somebody says, oh man, that really hurt. Well, okay, but how did it hurt? Like, what, what do you mean it hurt? Is it burning? Is it pinching? Is it throbbing? Is it like sharp shooting pains where you can't breathe through it because it's like, <gasps> it hurts so bad. Well, those are all different feeling scales. Mm-hmm. And then how do you address that? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And I want to just say too, cause people might be like, I'm panicking now. They're talking a lot about pain. Um, yeah. This is a result. If you're not addressing on a daily basis, your body. Mm-hmm. So are you taking breaks? Are you moving intentionally? Mm-hmm. Are you educating yourself the, like, as to little things that you can do that add up in a day to take care of your physical body? That's, that's the solution. And, you know, um, just speaking about working from home and, and what that might, might look like, um, you know, little things throughout the day that you can do, you know, you can take a minute and just breathe, get the brain focused, you know, get up, give yourself a nice big hug, get the shoulders moving. Um, and then also too, like just getting up in general, mm-hmm. getting up, doing a couple laps in your house and coming and sit back down right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Making sure that you take a lunch break, right? That's so important. I I feel like a lot of people would just work right through because there's this guilt factor of, oh, well, what if my colleague is, you know, messaging me or emailing me and I'm not responding? They're going to think that I'm not at my desk working. Mm -hmm. But you're allowed to get up and move around, Mm -hmm. you know? You don't have to be glued to the chair the entire time. So really making sure that you're taking that hour, lunch hour, and and doing something with it that's productive. And breaks, period. And like you take breaks at work, right? Like you said, there's water cooler, there's getting up to pee, there's, you know, bringing a file into another room and asking a question to someone. Those are natural parts of people's jobs. Yeah. I, I like to stand in door frames put my hands on each side and lean in to do a, a um, to do a stretch in here because if I'm sitting down and I'm writing for clients and I'm pulling forward then when I walk out or go up into the kitchen or go into the bathroom I can stand at a door frame put my hands like that and step into it just a step and I know at first Amanda I wanted to step way into the room and give it a good stretch and then oh my god the next day I was like what the hell yeah. you only have to step in ever so slightly to get a stretch so I was overdoing it thinking if I overdo it that's good and it's mm-hmm. like your muscles are going no 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 be gentle be kind to me don't be mean yeah. to me so there are um, little things, like I said about taking the block and, or taking a pillow and sitting on it, you know, with my knees bent underneath me just to do a, just a stretch like that, just to watch TV or to sit and read a book. 
there are simple things that people can do um, around their home. Yeah, and so I've got two, well, I've got, I remember one thing about what you just said about leaning into the door. I also remember uh, uh, being younger, being a child and pushing your hands into the door frame and then yes. walking and your arms would feel like they would float. Because <laughs> that's fun too, yeah. right? Yes. Play into your day, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, and then sort of, you know, also that over stretching. Um, I'll very often say in, uh, when I'm teaching or in a lot of my classes, okay, give me a hundred percent. What does a hundred percent feel like? So if you're leaning into a door and you're giving it your all, there's nowhere for you to go at that point. And if you're just starting to wake your body up because it might've been dormant in certain areas, that over or that hundred or that 110% is going to be more detrimental to you in the long run mm -hmm. than if you ease off to 80%. And then as that, as you start to feel the sensations in your body wake up, then you can stop, you can calm and approach and then maybe ease, ease a little bit more into it, right? Mm -hmm. So it really is about backing off before you can move forward, right? Mm -hmm. Things always sort of, you know, you got to wake things up before they're, they're going to get better. And, you know, sometimes it takes five years, right, Karen? Yes, it does. And, yeah. and I, I think that has to speak to some people who, who value perfection, and think mm -hmm. that perfection is the 100% stretch right through the door frame so that yeah. I'm in the other room and then go get a cup of tea in the other room. I'm stretching so bloody much that some people have that idea that that's perfect and that yoga is not about that being perfect. It's about kindness and it's about awareness. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, sorry, love. go ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. really Gentle. Is. Yeah. Yep. Self-compassion. I think too, this isn't going to be like a great um, metaphor, but I think about the people who know that they need a coffee before they start their day mm. and, and how diligent they are with that and how it's like they even teach the people in their lives, like, I don't engage in conversation before I've had my first coffee. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's your backup. Take your time, figure out what you're doing, how you're approaching your day before you actually approach. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. I like that metaphor. Okay. Okay. Um, so if, if we're kind of thinking about, you know, when, when I originally sat down and like talked to you guys about this or sent you some things that I wanted to discuss, it was building a home practice and what that might look like. Um, you know, you can do that. I think I even did a video of like chair, like sitting on the chair and doing yoga from a chair. You mm -hmm. can do that on your couch, right? You can not to like instruct anybody, um, but you can, you know, sit on the edge of your couch, right on the edge. You can heel toe your feet and your knees really, really wide. And then you can just like 
flop in between your legs. And that is a beautiful forward bend for all of your back body, all of your back muscles, the, the neck muscles, the hips, right? So something as simple as that, mm-hmm. or even standing up and putting your hands on the seat of your chair or on your coffee table and move into sort of like a half mm-hmm. forward bend, right? Hamstrings, calf muscles, fascia of the feet. There's an unwinding there that happens. And those are two simple things that you can do. Befriending your home, befriending um, your surroundings and kind of starting to build somewhat of a home practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go back to what I said at the very beginning, meaning like it takes dedication and action. So you can be so dedicated in your brain, but without the action, it's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm right? So what it really takes is for you to show up. And I think that speaks a lot about the podcasts, your, all your podcasts, your Sips of Sanity, your Coffee with the Sarlows. You got to show up to your own life. You know, wake up to your own life. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. And again, like it doesn't have to be complicated, Mm -hmm. right? I know. Oops. Sorry. Nope, go ahead. I was going to say, I know there, like my pelvic stretches are in my agenda as my habit tracker every week. And there are a lot, a lot of days where I will crawl into bed and be like, fuck, I forgot to do those. And I will take two pillows and, you know, do that, um, uh, you know, whether you let the the knees fall open and I'll just use the pillows as my blocks to support and I'll read my book. And that, you know, that, that is still showing up at the nth hour um, and, and being playful and creative and gentle with myself. And, and that's, that's another way that you can still, still be there for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be complicated at all. Mm-hmm. It could be something very, very simple. Um, I would, if you are both open to it, I would really love to talk you through about a minute of breath work. Sure. Um, if we want to get on with our days, we, we can do that. Mm-hmm. But maybe for your listeners, they're just like, they don't, you know, they don't understand what big, deep breaths are. Um, so I can just take a, a minute and sort of coach you both through it and your listeners through it, if you'd like to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, you're both sitting. Why don't you place your hands on the tops of your thighs? And for anybody listening who's sitting, just sit up nice and tall, place your hands on the tops of the thighs, and then just close your eyes. Okay. Now this is going to feel really weird, but forget about it. This is about you. This is about self-love. This is about taking a moment for yourself. So start to bring awareness to the forehead and relax all the little muscles of the forehead. And as the muscles of the forehead relax, start to relax the little muscles around the eyes. And then start to relax your cheeks. And then the little muscles around the lips relax. And then start to think about your jaw The jaw relaxes, so you part your back molars slightly, so the bottom jaw drops away from the top jaw, and the tongue begins to relax inside the mouth. And if you can picture 
yourself standing underneath a waterfall or the nice soft drizzle of a shower head. You just want to let the water rush over your head, down your shoulders, down your back. So there's almost a softening that happens in the tops of the shoulders. Good. And then you feel the air move in and out of your nose. When you breathe in, the air feels cool. When you breathe out, the air feels warm. And you just stay connected to that feeling of the air moving in and out. Bring your mind down to your lungs or your chest. And when you take an inhale, feel your lungs lift and open and expand. Your chest rises up. And then as you exhale out, your chest falls and your lungs sort of contract or sort of squeeze in towards the center line of the body. And then bring your awareness down to your rib cage. This is where your diaphragm is located underneath your rib cage. And so when you take a big breath in, you feel your diaphragm or your rib cage expand out to the sides. You feel your lungs rise up and open. And then you exhale and everything deflates. Your diaphragm deflates, your lungs deflate. So big, deep inhale from the diaphragm into the lungs all the way up to the collarbones. And then exhale out very slowly. So we try as we breathe to make our exhales longer than our inhales. So maybe breathe in for a count of six. Big full breath through the diaphragm, through the lungs, up to the collarbones. And then exhale out for a count of 12. So slow it down. Good. And just try this one more time. So big, deep breath all the way up. And remember to slow down that exhale. Good. And then when you're finished your exhale, just gently open your eyes. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> Good night. Well, I might want to go back to work. <laughs> I feel good. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Amanda, before, before we um, sign off and as you said, get on with our days, you have a full body relaxation available on your website. Is that correct? Yeah. So right now, actually this morning I was um, revamping my website. So um, I have unpublished my website. It will be published in the next couple of weeks. I'm just changing things around. Okay. However, it's still available for purchase. Yes. Okay. And if people would like to access that, they can email me um, at connect at rubyyoga.ca. I will put that in the show notes. Perfect. Um, and it's about nine minutes, 10 minutes. Um, and I really talk them through laying down um, throughout the, the entire body, right from their, their head to their toes. Safe for children. Yes. 
100%. Yeah. Good. Okay. So if, if you're listening and you enjoyed that breathing exercise, she does a head to toe one, um, safe for, for all ages. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out that I've been watching you on YouTube mm-hmm. and that um, you, you sent me your videos and that um, I take those at random when I have moments and at my own schedule and, and do your practice as well as when you are teaching it through zoom. But um, I just wanted to pass that along to people that they can also find you on YouTube. I've got those links from a previous email that you've sent me. Um, So I'm going to put those up with your permission in uh, the notes as well. So if you're watching on YouTube or you're what you're, you know, listening through Patreon, we'll have those up as well and Mm -hmm. on the website. Uh, So they can just, you know, to click away to, to see your beautiful face and, uh, have your brilliant cues and instructions. Uh, I, I, the last thing I want to say about this show is that one of my favorite things, because that's what I'm now doing in my head, is, is naming my favorite things about the show, um, is, is that you talked about a home practice and you talked about doing that in all these different rooms and using part of your home and that that's truly a home practice. I had always thought a home practice meant that I had to have a yoga mat and the proper blanket and props or I couldn't do yoga. And so I'm certainly learning through you that um, you don't need anything like that. You can use your couch and your chair and your toilet and your bed and your, your hardwood floor and door frames and everything around you to to be in touch with yourself so that you're a kinder person to be around for other people, but also so that we are less stressed during the, this time on earth. Yes. Yes. Um, summary, Karen. I love that. And just to follow up on that point, I had a, I, when we were able to be in a room together, I did a whole workshop, how to build your own home practice. And there was this, this key concept that Karen just said that people really thought that they needed to have a room designated to their practice and like you know that's not the case you know I, I sometimes don't even practice with a mat I just practice on the rug or, or you know our rug and then you know sometimes I don't have my blocks kicking around so I'll just use the coffee table um, I also say this a lot when I was a poor starving student and I was just sort of finding yoga I didn't I wasn't really introduced to yoga props um, so I was using uh, textbooks, school books yeah, as props, totally. right? The ground up to you as opposed to you just trying to force yourself down. What um, a great use for a stupidly expensive book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I think if people at home working with their binders going, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've got binders. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You do not need, you, do, you don't need a Zen den, right? You, mm-hmm. you just you find a nice area. I love Karen that you said, you know, you found an area where you can look outside at nature. I think yeah. that's great. Cool. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I was humbled. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for bringing your experience, mm-hmm. your knowledge, and your very kind and gentle spirit to our show. And humor. Thank you. Yes. Love laughing. Have a you. wonderful Hogwarts day. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, one more thing. Um, people can find me on social media because I do post 
post some um, videos on Instagram for mm -hmm. uh, anybody wanting to do a little bit of like short home practices. So my hashtag is at um, Ruby Yoga Amanda on Instagram. Cool. I'll put that in there as well. Thank you. Okay. Well, we love you and we're so grateful. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, we sure hope that you enjoyed the show with our guest today, Amanda Cooley. We hope that you found some very beneficial things out of why you can start or continue or share a home practice where you benefit from yoga, the breathing techniques, and the tons of stuff Amanda talked to you about. Yeah, and we hope your definition of a yoga lifestyle has changed as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, so if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Amanda did mention in the show that if you do want to follow her on social media, her handle is at RubyYogaNorthBay on Instagram. You can also find her uh, at Ruby yoga on Facebook as well. She's got some excellent posts, um, individual yoga practices that you can watch on YouTube if you're interested in that. We also want to thank all of our listeners, no matter where you're listening or watching from today. We appreciate that you've joined us. We hope that you're key or that we're keeping you a good company. Um, and please email us if you have questions or comments at info at Enjoy your weekend. Mm -hmm.